Welcome to jrootradio.com. We are broadcasting live. This is the Halakha Hour from jrootradio.com. And uh, we are being also videoed live, Baruch Hashem. Today is Yud Aleph Tammuz, and it's the 5th of July. Isru Chag, I guess, for some people. Anyway, so <laughs> July 5th, Tafshin Ayn Zayn. We are here broadcasting in the Halakha Hour. We are in the Halakhot of Shabbat, as usual. Um, before we get to the Halakhot today, Razat Hashem will tell you just very quickly, jradio.com. Today also we have a special, special assistant, Ariel Benyaminov. He's here with us, taking your questions. If anybody has questions, even in the middle, you could call up. He'll take down your questions. If we're able to answer, he'll direct you. If not, we can't answer you on the air. You take down your question, and Razat Hashem will answer you either in the middle or at the end of the class. Next announcement is that it's um, we don't like to announce this, and everybody's trying to enjoy the summer a little bit, but Rabotai, it's that time of the year again. This Tuesday coming up will be, which is, um, let's see how that, Tuesday, July 11th, will be the fast of Yudzayim Betamuz. A lot of people are upset because July 11th, they get a free Slurpee and something. 11, not this year, I guess. Whatever, the Kashrut issues, uh, obviously, we're putting on the side right now. But in any case, this Tuesday will be, July 11th, will be Yudzayin Tammuz, the fast of Yudzayin Tammuz. The fast begins at Alot Shahar. The time that we put over here is 3.59 a.m. If you have a different time, follow your rabbi's time, your community's time. And the fast concludes... About, we usually give about 35 minutes, 40 minutes after Shekiah. So if sunset is 8.27, so between 9, 9 o'clock or 9.07, any time is between those times. You know, it depends. It is uh, hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be all, no, all these different things. So first it could be a little bit more lenient. Maybe by 9 o'clock you can already break the fast. But otherwise, 9.07 is the recommended time. Beginning on Tuesday... The halachot of the three weeks begin. Um, it's still, like we said, it's still the summer. We don't want to, you know, right now talk about it. Uh, people still don't, don't want to hear about it. And it's a little bit early to speak about all the halachot. But as I said, maybe in two weeks, we'll discuss the halachot of the, whatever is remaining of the three weeks. But Bikitsur, for those that need to know, it's more shayach to Ashkenazim. Um, that is, there's uh, some halachot of sharing. But for everybody else, what is shayach to them is that there's no weddings at this time, no music, no dancing, and I know this affects a lot of the young crowd, but that is a halakha. If you don't like it, then I have a great idea. Let's pray for the Beit HaMikdash to be rebuilt, and Be'ezat Hashem, everything will be fantastic, everything will come back, it will be great. We'll have um, Mashiach here, and we'll listen to music, even those three weeks in the summer. Okay, of course, Jewish music. Let's get now to the Halachot. Before we get to the Halachot Abotel, let's tell you, we are Razat Hashem. You can listen to us on jradio.com and over the phone at 718-506-9099. Questions, if you want to call in during the show, 718-683-5858. We'll also be here after the show. And of course, you can always text in at 347-927-8398. Let's get to the class, Razat Hashem. We need to review a little bit from the last class. We're in the subject of Ohil, Ohil Aray. The subject of Ohil Aray is a complicated subject. It's under the category of Bone, and there's a lot of details. A lot of them are very, very small and finite. That's why we repeat them a lot. I apologize for those who feel that's repetitious, but it's important. It's important. As we, we, you know, again, our purpose in the class over here is not just that we have, you know, we give the information and we say goodbye. We're going to drill it in you. We, we want you to come out of this class that you should know how to conduct yourself on Shabbat. It's a very, very important thing. And Ohel Aray, like we learned, it could be very, very, it, besides that, it's Isud de Rebaran, it could be very, very close to being in Isud de Oraita. So therefore, we want to review some general information from the previous classes that are shayach, that are relevant to our class today. Number one is that making a roof for the sake of shelter that means or protection, the same idea, whatever you want to call it, it is forbidden on Shabbat. Even though the shelter that one is making on Shabbat is only for a short amount of time, and even though it may be very flimsy, it still will be a de Rabbanan. If it's not one of those things, then it could be even a de Oraita. 
the shelter that we're speaking about is referring only to the roof. When one is making a roof for the sake of protecting things that are under it, it's asur midrabanan. This is forbidden even though there are no walls. In general, the word bone, which means building, in regular construction, we have a problem of building walls and then a roof. But ohel is forbidden even when there are no walls. This is what's known in halakha as ohel arai. The word arai means temporary, which temporary could be in time or in the type of structure that one is making. And ohel, although it means a tent, but the terminology ohel arai refers to specifically the roof. Now, of course, there are a lot of subcategories under it. This is general information. Now, last week we began to learn that there are limitations to ohel arai, which means that these surahs not all the time. Sometimes, well, let's start, actually, let's start with the isur, and then we'll see how there's some heterim. Besides making a roof for the sake of shelter, sometimes a roof is made on purpose, but not for the sake of shelter. It's for the sake of using the top of it, not for using what's under it. But nevertheless, there is a roof that's made. So, for example, if a per- I'm not saying this is asur or mutar, I'm just trying to show you that there is a shelter that's made. There is a shelter that's made, and therefore, let's give you an example. Let's say I have a pile of books on my right, and I have a pile of books on my left, and now I put on top of both of these piles another sefer or another book, whatever, maybe obviously nothing that's mukseh. There's because the shelf, quote unquote, is over here. That uh, the, because the shelf is tefah, which is about eight centimeters wide, there's over here a roof and there's walls. I'm not saying it's asur, Rabotai. This is actually a case that's not asur, but in this case, there's a roof that's made. Am I doing it for the sake of a roof? In such a case where I'm not doing it for the sake of a roof, it doesn't make a difference. I made the roof nonetheless. Now, sometimes that could happen. Putting up tables, there's automatically a roof. When you say, what, what roof? Under the table. Right? There's a roof. There's a roof for things that are made to be under the table. Even though my primary purpose of making this roof is really not for the sake of roof, the opposite, I wonder for the top of it, there is nonetheless a roof being created over here. Now, what's the halakha of this roof? Where I'm not making it for, not, like we said, the normal definition of a roof is an order, is anything that's made for protection for the things that are under it. Here, it's the opposite. I need it for the protection. Not for protection. I need it for the usage of things on top of it. I need the top of the table to place my items. I need the top of a chair to sit on it. I need the top of the book of the Sefer to read. But at the same time, there is a space being created on the bottom. And it looks like a roof. What is the deen in such a case? And the answer is that it's not going to be always a sword. This is what we say. There's limitations to the Ohlarai. It's not always going to be Asur. The Ohlarai is not always going to be Asur. It's only going to be Asur, number one, is when the roof is made for the usage of the airspace under it, where I need the place under it to be protected. So therefore, therefore, it will be mutad, the case that we gave with the Sefarim, I'm standing up, and I want to read a Sefer standing up. And when the Sefer is on the table, it's too far for me to read and I want to lift it up a little bit. So what do I do? I have a pile of books on my right. I have a pile of books on my left. I take the sefer. I open it up. And now it's resting on these two piles. It's bigger than a tefah. What looks like now a roof is actually bigger than a tefah. And still, even though it looks, it's bigger than a tefah, it looks like an ohel. Since I don't care about the space under. I just want to elevate the sefer. I need to see the top of the book. I need to bring it closer to my eyes. In such a case, it's not forbidden. This is what's known as ohel arai, which is not asur, because my intention is not for the sake of an ohel, even an ohel is made. Another example where this would be a problem is if I would make some sort of ohel, if I would set up a cot where I would put the legs first and then I put the roof on top of it, which is the actual mattress. And we're talking about that I'm putting it, or not the mattress, or it could be the board, and on top of that I'm putting the mattress. I'm putting this on Shabbat. In such a case, I've created a roof, right? 
But remember, I don't need the things under. I only need it for the top. Will be mutar. However, by a bed, since the norm is that people do place things under the bed, your kids will stack their hidden snacks under. People will put their shoes under. Whatever. But things. The bed is a structure that people use for under it. Even though it's primarily used for what's on top, I usually set up a bed because I want to sleep on top of it. I want to put the mattress on top and I want to lie down on top of the mattress. But being that normally the bed is usually used with things under, so we mentioned it last week and we're mentioning it again, that if a person's setting up such a bed where he's taking the legs and then he's putting the, uh, the board on top of it, where there was no roof prior to that. If there was a roof already, there's a roof already. Tell me there was no roof, and now you set it up in such a way, and now you want to sleep on top, but you made a roof for the one under. You can tell me, yeah, but I'm not using it under. It doesn't make a difference. Since it's a structure, the bed, such a portable bed, is usually done in order to be used on the bottom of it. People usually put their things under. Therefore, it would be a problem of oil alai on Shabbat. Remember, it's got to be that I don't need the usage. I don't need the airspace under it. And it's not a, something that I usually use what's under it. Now, along these lines, we've learned another halakha last week, which we're reviewing. All this over time, we need it to understand today's halakhot. Sometimes, if I create a roof, again, not on purpose for of creating a roof i don't want to create a roof but the roof gets let's uh, the better terminology be the roof gets created where i only want to use the top but there's a roof that's created for things under sometimes that will be a problem also even if i don't need or normally use the airspace under when is that maran brings down halakha if a person makes a table a makeshift table where the legs are made of boards, and the boards reach the ground. That means basically we have a mahitza, basically, what they call a partition in English, right? So I have like a wall for a table. You know when this happens, some people, I used to have it like that. It was not done by choice, but basically I had a coffee table where there was, the coffee table had some sort of mechanism that you could, not mechanism, it's not so complicated, you know, but what, what you could do is that you could lift up the, the cover of the coffee table, and under it was like a storage space. And this was basically a box, and on top of it, the coffee table went. Now, eventually, the screws came apart, and the top of the coffee table was actually able to be completely lifted off, and the bottom of the box was able to be completely moved. You know, So if I ever wanted to move the coffee table, I'd have actually to remove two parts. I'd first take off the top of the coffee table, and then the bottom. In such a case where the walls of this coffee table are four, it's a box, it's four walls that all attach. Even if my intention is not to use what's under it, and even if most people don't have a coffee table like mine where they would store things under it, it would still be a source since the four walls, they has four walls that reach the ground. Here, the scheme discussed this issue. Do I need four walls? Do I really need four walls to make it a sur? Or even less, did the Halakha bring down, the tour who brings this halakha, did he bring down the four walls because that's the condition to make it an ohel arai, even if I don't plan to use what's under it, but because now the four walls create an area where it could be used. Even if I don't use it, it could be used. Hazal would go there also over here. And on this, I saw that's what's brought down by Ribia brings down that, no, three walls also. Three walls also creates an important space. I don't want to go now into the proofs. He does, he I, I'm, he gets it, I think, from the pre-Megadim. It's a diyuk that he can make. It's a beautiful diyuk. Although, I want to point out that the Shohan Aruch Arav says that even if one has two walls that reach the ground, that's also important. Even if I'm not planning to use the airspace under it. If I make two walls that reach the ground, and then on top of that, I make an oil, I make a roof, then even if I'm not planning to use the bottom, it still be forbidden. Let's give you an example of such a case. I want to make a bench for Shabbat. People are coming over. I'm in the mountains. Or let's say I'm in the backyard. I want to sit down. So I want to make a shelf. So now I want to take two milk crates. And I have a plank of wood. Which I, we're assuming right now is not mukse. And I always do this during the week. Now I want to put it on Shabbat so I can sit down on it. In such a case, 
According to the what's the name? According to the Shohan Aruchalav, I have two walls over here, and I'm putting a plank of wood under it. Even though I'm only planning to sit on top of it, and I'm and it's I'm not planning to use what's under it. And it's not normal that people will make such a bench so they could use the airspace under. But still be forbidden according to the Shohan Aruchalav. But even according to the ones that say you need three walls. Even they would agree in such a case that the milk crate could be a problem because the milk crates are a box. And when I cover it with a uh, plank of wood, then actually creating an oil, I'm making a roof on top of four walls. Now, everybody would agree it's a problem. Even though I'm not putting anything inside, still I made a roof, I made a box, and I put the roof, and especially if I'm moving those boxes. So that's why such a case will be forbidden to put on top of it. So what I want to do the kosher way is that I'll turn the milk crates upside down and make the opening face the ground. And on top of that, I'll put the plank of wood. That's according to the opinions that you need three walls to be a problem. The ones who say that even with two walls, it's a problem. The way to get around it is by doing this construction in an abnormal way. Usual construction takes place by first putting up the walls and then the roof, right? That's how you make your sukkah. First you make the walls and then you put up you put up the schach. That's a minor construction that most of us do. So because of that's the normal construction, Hazal, when it came to Olarai, they said, you know what? If you make a little bit of a shinu, if you make a little bit of a difference when you're setting up your quote-unquote construction, since you're not doing it for protection, if you make a little bit of a shinui, then it will be mutar. What do you do? And the answer is, you first make the roof and then the walls. How in the world are you going to make a roof without walls? And the answer is, you need two people here. One person will hold up the roof and somebody will slide in the walls under it. That change with combined with the fact that I don't want to make a roof over here for the sake of roof. The roof is being made because I want to use what's on top of it then on Shabbat. So I want to sit down on the bench. I'm not making a roof for what's under. I want to sit on top. So in such a case, but, but inevitably I'm going to make the walls and the roof, So and it's going to look like it. So therefore Hazal said, okay, make a shinui. We'll go there here. We said that's Asur, because it's only Ola Rai de Rebanan, and we're telling you a way to circumvent the Asur. Let somebody hold the roof, which is the plank of wood, and let somebody else slide under the two milk crates from each side, and that's it. You can sit now on top of the bench because you don't want to build it on the bottom. So in summary, to make an Ohel Aray on Shabbat, you must have the following two conditions. Number one is that you don't want to use the airspace under. Number two is that the two walls that uh, the, the two walls that you have over here are either less than a tefah each or they don't reach the ground, it's only legs. Now, practically speaking, let's tell you how a person would make the this bench on Shabbat. If you want to make a makeshift table or bench on Shabbat, let's summarize everything and bring it practically to halakha lemaase. Number one is make sure that the material that you're using is not moksha. A lot of people don't pay attention to this. You have a lot of times cinder blocks and planks of wood that people are planning to use in construction. And now they want to make a little bit of a table. They want to make a little bit more benches. A lot of people are coming over. You know, and on the spot, they say, okay, okay, let's make it. Let's make, it's very clever. Let's take two cinder blocks and put the plank of wood on top of it. You have a bench. You can make a bunch of benches like this. This would be a problem if those cinder blocks and planks of wood are really made for construction. This is known as mukse. The subject of mukse was discussed at length. I think two years ago or last year. So whoever wants, you could go over there and listen to all these halachot. But you have an issue over here. If you're planning or assuming that you might need to use the cinder blocks or the planks of wood for benches or the like, then you should prepare from before Shabbat. The easiest way to prepare according to all she taught is you make a bench during the week from the same material. Let me take the plank of wood, put it on top of cinder block, sit on it for a second or two, and then remove it. And then in case on Shabbat, you need to use it now. Or any time in the summer, or any time in the future, you want to use it, you can use it because you already used it once before. That's the best way to avoid the issue of mukseh. So I'm going to let you figure out when it's mukseh and not mukseh. But in such a case where it would be mukseh, then he can't make such a... Sh- At least he can't use those materials to make such a bank, uh, makeshift bench or table. Also, make sure that the 
when you mix a toad table, that there gotta be the, the you, first we said that you don't need the uh, you don't need the airspace under. Make sure that you're not doing it in a way that you need the airspace under that you use the airspace under. Also, number three is it's gotta be a way you gotta make the makeshift bench or table in a way or a structure that normal most people will not use the airspace under. Even if you don't plan to use it under, but it's got to be something also that people don't usually. And makeshift tables and benches, people are using it to just sit on top, not for the th sake of sitting on the bottom. Also, if it has three walls or more, it's a sur. According to Shohan al even two walls. That means if I'm making two cinder blocks, which are high, they're at least a tefa above the ground, and I, and I want to put a plank of wood under it, being that there's two walls over here, according to the Shohan al it's an issue. So therefore, what I need to do is that I have somebody holding first the plank of wood and somebody else will slide in the cinder blocks under and this way I have my bench. I could use it on top because I'm not playing to sit on on the bottom. Let's move on now to halakha zayin. I really want to get to halakha zayin and hit. These halakhot are very, very practical and will make us understand a very, very important subject in halakha. Let's first read halakha zayin inside. And from there, Rezat Hashem will give you all the background afterwards. Halachas Zayn talks about what we would call today beach chairs or, you know, those uh, foldable chairs. Not the regular foldable chairs, the metal ones. Also that, but, you know, the ones that they have a cloth, they're, they're made out of cloth. And they sell them now for the summer. You just open it, you can leave it outdoors, it can get wet. And when you open it, everything, the, the cloth stretches and becomes a chair. And when you close it, it closes. So... Here the halakha, Benish Hai says like this, If you have a chair that's made out of different parts, what's basically called a foldable chair. And when you want to sit on it, what you do is you open it up and all of a sudden the leather which is going to make the seat stretches out. And you want to put on the side, you just close the chair and the cloth gets closed up. You're allowed to open it even on Shabbat. Even though I have four walls on the bottom. Remember we said before, if you make four walls and then you put the roof on top of it, even if you don't want to use the airspace under its asura, in this case, it would be mutar. Why? It's not like making oil. You're not making any oil. You're not constructing anything. The walls combined with the roof over here, which is going to be the seat, is already made from before Shabbat. All you're doing is stretching it so you can sit on top of it. This is not the Hadush of the Benish Hai. This is actually brought down in Shulchan Aruch. I'm going to read you the words of the Benish Hai, of the, excuse me, of the Shulchan Aruch, and you're going to see that it's going to sound exactly the same. Let me read you the words, and then we'll give you the explanation. It comes from Rashi, actually. A chair that's made out of parts. And when you want to sit on it, you open it up, and the, the leather stretches out. And when you, you want to remove it, they close it up, and then the leather closes with it. You're allowed to open it on Shabbat. Why? Megan Abraham quoting Rashi, which is really coming from the Gemara. Says Rashi, you know why? Because you're not doing anything. All you're doing is just sitting on it. So, again to point out, this is even though there are walls on the bottom. We said before, if I want to make my, if I want to move my coffee table, and I'm taking the four walls of the coffee table and I move it to the middle of my living room, then I take the roof of it and I put it on top of it. You're gonna have a an isur over here, even though I don't use the on the bottom of it as a wall, doesn't make uh, as a storage or usage, doesn't make a difference. I've made an ohel now. I have walls and a roof, but things that are attached. All I'm doing is just opening and closing. It's not a problem at all. For the same reason, it would be mutar for a person to open up his table. Even though when you open up a folding table, you know, those lifetime tables. It's not an issue or any of those wooden tables, the ones in the shul or anything else. It's not a problem. Oh, you can tell me I'm making a roof. You're right. You are making a roof. But 
being, first of all, you have a few hetanim, you have a few reasons why being mutar over here to, to open up a folding table on Shabbat. Number one, a folding table, most of our folding tables, at least the ones that we know, don't have walls for legs. Their legs are made out of single stick, whether it's made out of metal or wood. Most of the time it's metal. So this way they can last a lifetime, right? Okay. Anyway, the folding tables, first of all, don't have walls. They only have legs. And in such a case, being that I'm not opening it for the sake of using it on the bottom, it's not a problem. Number two is also, when I open up my folding table, I'm opening it for the top, not for the bottom. I mean, there's a roof that's being created. Well, there's no walls over here. It's attached to it. Even if I had walls, even if I had walls and it stretches out and there's walls that are being made on the bottom, since my intention is to sit on top of it, it's not an isur. So based on that, the Bi'ur Halakha talks about folding beds. First, he talks about, he talks about actually two types of beds. Before we get to the folding beds, let's talk about the, let's say a person has a bed. Now this bed has bed posts. Not regular, just legs. But like most of our, you know, the fancier beds, the wood on the sides of the bed and in the front and the back, there are four walls attached to the bed, literally four walls, and they reach to the ground or they're within a three tefahim to the ground. So now I have a bed. I want to lie down on top of it. And it has four walls on side. The only thing is this bed, I needed the space or whatever it is. So I took the bed and I made it stand up. I made it stand up together. The whole bed, I made it stand up. Is it mutat to put it back down and to sleep on it? Says Why not? It's all attached. It's all one entity. I didn't do anything. The whole thing, I'm just putting it on the bottom. I need to use it for the top. It's not a problem. Then he talks about, however, then he talks about what, what basically would be very similar, something very similar to sofa beds that they had. Today we have sofa beds. You know, let me just explain to you. I'm sure everybody knows, but... In case you don't know, maybe you're listening to this class in like a, in a uh, time when we're living on space and we don't have such items anyway. So we have, let's say you have a sofa and you sit on the sofa, you sit on the couch. And then the couch has pillows where everybody sits on it. Not the pillows that, you know, that you put extra. The, the, the regular cushions are actually not called pillows. The cushions everybody sits on. When you re- Some couches, when you remove the cushions, they have a bed hiding under. Okay, so a lot of people use it for guests, whatever it is. And then all you have to do is just Pull out the bed. It comes with a mattress and everything else. Such a bed is not a problem to open up at all. Even though I may have such a bed, may have not just legs, which most of all of these couches have, but even if it has regular walls at least to the bottom, not a problem. Even if it has four walls. Why? Because it's all one entity. All you're doing is just stretching it out and before you're folding it. However, there's times when a person could set up a bed where it would be a problem. And the also, Biur Halakha discusses this. I'll tell you what it's a problem. Let's say you need to make some sort of space, You need to, and you had a bed. And you had those beds that had four walls. Now, most beds have the following three basic parts. Number one is the bed frame. Number two is what we call a springboard. And number three is a mattress. Now, this is like a little bit of a fancier bed. You're thinking maybe a queen size, king size, but even anyone, any types of bed. They'll have, instead of maybe the, uh, the, the springboard, maybe they'll have a, just a plank of wood, or they'll have the net, the metal spring net. You know, these are like, it's like a metal net, and it's attached to springs, and you know, it makes that squeaky noise every time you lie on it. That's the ones that your kids are using in camp. Yes, very, very comfortable. They come back. That's why now you know why they enjoy their bed so much. In any case, the, let's say now you need to make space, whatever it is, so you move the springboard. You removed the mattress. Not in that order, obviously. You move the mattress and then the springboard, and you put up your bed on the side. And now, after you're done, whatever it is, you needed the space, you're done using the space, and now you want to put back down the bed. In such a case, when you put back down the bed, before you put up the springboard, look down. Do you have already an existing roof or not? If you already have an existing roof, and that existing roof doesn't have to be a full solid cover. It could be a full solid cover like a plank of wood, like, you know, let's say plywood, and that roof already is attached to the bed. All you have to do is just put the mattress on top. That means even if you can take the bed and put it on, you're going to make it stand up, it's still that the plywood is going to be attached to it. If yes, or even if you have, remember we spoke about those nets. 
since the airspace between the lines, the metal lines that make up the roof over here, are smaller than 24 centimeters, that means they're smaller than three tefahim, we look in the halakha that you already have a roof, you could put whatever you want on top. You could put bed sheets, you could put a mattress, you could, whatever you like. But if you have those fancier beds, most people that have the beds, like let's say the ones in their living room, if you remove the mattress and then you remove the springboard you see on the bottom, there's basically three pieces of wood, and sometimes two, and these two pieces of wood are very far from each other, and they're there just to support the springboard, and on top of the springboard, you put the mattress. If for whatever reason you had to remove your mattress and springboard before or on Shabbat, really on Shabbat it's a problem, but let's say you moved it before Shabbat, and now you want to set it up again, since your bed has four partitions, four walls, and then you're putting on top of it the mattress or the springboard, then you're creating a roof, even though your intention is not to use the bottom of the bed. It'll be a sur for two reasons. Number one is because there are four walls and everybody agrees over here it's going to be a problem, even if my intention is not to use the bottom on the bottom. And number two is we said by a bed, the norm is that people do use the bottom of it for whatever, re whatever they want to do. Some people store uh, things under, some people put their shoes under. So therefore, even if you're not planning to use it, it will be also forbidden. Why? Because you're making the walls and the roof on Shabbat. You're putting down the, the bed, and on top of it, you're making the roof, which was forehand. Now you're putting it up. For the same reason, if a person does have in his house um, a bed already, such a bed, where it has four walls as their legs, has the the what's called the headboard and then the footboard and on the sides there's also walls coming down even if you don't have four walls coming down you have the two boards also will be an issue and you have a mattress and mattress on top of a springboard this springboard and mattress cannot be removed on Shabbat if you want whatever reason you want to take them down because you want to move your bed somewhere else you're breaking up an ohel arai it's asudir banan asudir but asudir banan because you already have an ohel and you're removing it you're breaking down such an ohel remember the rule is if you can't make it you can't break it if you can't make it because it's an issue of ohel arai you also cannot break it because it's called soter ohel arai this is an important halakha to keep in mind. It doesn't come up so often. And that's why it's important to keep in mind because when it does come up, you have to remember, ooh, I remember there's an issue over here. We can't make such a thing since making it is called making an ohel. Breaking it will be a problem of breaking an ohel. Now, the next halakha is really going to lead us into the subject of umbrellas. It's an important, important halakha. Not in the Benish Hai, but on this halakha that we just quoted to you in Maran, Shin Tedvav Saif Hay. There is a Magen Abraham that is a very, very interesting Magen Abraham. If you're with us since we started the subject of Olarai, or you're familiar with Olarai, the following Magen Abraham, the following case that the Magen Abraham brings, makes everything right now very complicated. Why? Why? Magen Abraham says, after he explains the folding of the white mutar, like we said, you're not doing anything, you're just opening it and you're sitting on top of it. He says the following words. Based on this reason that we just said beforehand, you're, that, that the folding chair, just, you're not doing anything, so everything is attached already. Based on that reason, you're allowed to take a chupa, open it up, and to remove it. Again, the, the Magen Abraham says, based on the folding chair case that, that the Gemara permits and Shohan Aruch permits, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to open up a chupa and you're allowed to fold up a chupa. What kind of chupa is he talking about? Well, did you ever go to Haknasat Sefer Torah? And you know the chupa that they walk with that's attached to poles and has already a roof? That's a chupa that he's talking about. That Magen Abraham says, you're allowed to open it and close it on Shabbat. The question that Everybody asks over here, what's going on? What are you talking about? You're making an oil. A chupa is, is an umbrella. What's the difference between a chupa and an umbrella and making a roof? Up till now, we learned you don't need walls to have an issue of making oil. Why is this mutar? Why is such a case mutar to open up a chupa? It should be mutar. So we can give you two approaches. First, we can give you the approach of the hazon ish and the like. It's not only the hazon ish. But basically, the Hazon Ish has become known as his shita in the Halakhot of Ohil. Hazon Ish, I'm going to read you a quote of the words of the Hazon Ish. He says, you know why 
the Magen Abraham permits you to open up the chupa and to remove it or to take it down. Remember these two things. I'll translate. Since it's one entity, it's one unit, and that is that's the way you use it. A chupa that we're talking about here that's already pre-attached from before Shabbat. Not that you're making it on Shabbat. Not that you're taking a, a cloth and you're hooking it on to four poles. No, the four poles are already hooked on to the the chuppah, to the roof over here from before Shabbat. It came to Shabbat already hooked on. He says that that's the normal mode of use. It's all one unit. What are you doing? Just opening and closing it? That's like the kiseh, that's like the folding chair. Folding chair is also one unit. It was attached before Shabbat. All you're doing is just stretching it out and closing it. So this is the same idea. And it's not only the Hazon Ish, like we said. Already he's been preceded by the pre-megadim, the Hatam Sofer, and even the Mishnah Barah, because the Mishnah Barah seems to understand it this way. He also brings the Salakha. However, not everybody understands the Magen Abraham this way. Really, if you think about it, it's like a, it's a major Hadush if you understand it this way, because it's going to create a, a big difference. And we'll see soon what a big nafkamina, what a difference it will make in Halakha. But beforehand, let me tell you that not everybody understands the Magen Abraham like the Hazonish. A lot of others that disagree. People who preceded the Hazonish as well. Noda Bihuda, Rabbi Cheskel Landau. From the 1600s already, from the late 1600s already, he says that you know why the Magen Abraham is matir to open up a chupa? Because the chupa is not made for protection. This is a chupa that they use to put up on top of a hatan as a sign of kavod. It's there just for looks. Like the way when we walk in the, you know, when we have these Sefer Torah parades, when we have Aknasat Sefer Torah, you know the chupa that they put on top of the people that walk, you know, the people who are carrying the Sefer they put up the chupa. What do you think it's there for? It's said that they should protect them from the rain? It's going to ruin it. You want to protect them from the rain, you bring a nice tarp and you put it on top of it. It's there just for looks. That's why the same reason when we have a chupa, when we have a hatan kala under it. The chupa that we put inside the shul. What are you protecting from? From the lights? No, it's there for, for beauty. It's there for looks. It's not there for protect. That's why it's not a problem of oil. Oil it has to be a roof that's made for shelter. So in this case, the Nodab Yudah explains the, the Magin Avraham. You know why the Magin Avraham permits you to make a chuppah, such a chuppah, to put up such a chuppah or to close it? Because the chuppah that we're talking about over here, it's just there for looks. It's made for honor. It's not there for protection. Had it been there for protection, had you been planning to use it for protection, of course it's forbidden. That is the opinion of Noda Bihuda. And it's not only the Noda Bihuda, a lot of Ahronim also go with it. The Aruka Shulhan, Kafa Hayim, Hakam Obadiyah, and Hazon Obadiyah also. And it seems like that's the opinion also of the Ben Ishai over here. How do I know that's the opinion of the Ben Ishai? We're moving on now to Halakha Hit in the Ben Ishai, Parashat And you'll see. From the following halakha, why I believe the Ben Ishai also goes like the opinion of Noda Bihuda, that if you're putting up an umbrella that was open from beforehand, even though it's already open, it's one unit, and it's made to be open closed such a way, it will still be a sur to be done on Shabbat. Listen to the halakha of the Ben Ishai. Ben Ishai in halakha head discusses umbrellas. You know, the regular umbrellas that we know that we use on Shabbat. Excuse me, no, 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 that we don't use on Shabbat. So the regular ones that we for rain, to protect us from rain. Listen to what Ben Shai brings over here. He says, Keli shekorim be'arbi, be'arbi shamsiye. Those who speak Arabic know what I'm talking about. Ubitalki imbrilla. Sounds familiar, right? So basically, uh, something that we call shamsiye or a umbrella in Italian, which we call the same thing in English. And he explains what that is, which is made to protect you from the sun, like if you're Chinese, or from the rain. Not only is it forbidden to open it on Shabbat in order to use it as a protection, even if it's open from before Shabbat, he had an umbrella open from before Shabbat. So I'm not creating a roof. It's already open from beforehand. It's still be forbidden. You're not allowed to use it not on Shabbat and on Yom Tob. And he says, where do you look? Look in my mom Mordechai and no da bihuda. He says, And now, based on what we just told you, says Ben Ishai, once I forbade you from carrying it to use from for carrying an umbrella up on top of your head, as soon as it also becomes mukse. 
This is the ruling of the Bainish High by umbrellas. He forbids it, which really comes from the words already from the Noda Biuda, already from made Asur, declared out Asur from a long time ago. And uh, you can understand why. If you explain the Magen Abraham, like the way the Noda Biuda explains the Magen Abraham, that a is only mutar for looks. Not when it's being used for a shelter. So that's why an umbrella is uh, on Shabbat because it's there for protection. It's made to protect the person from rain or from the sun. However, based on the opinions that argue with the Nodabu that we brought before, there are opinions that understand them again, Abraham, that anything that's one unit, and that's the normal way of opening it and closing it and using it, even for protection, it's also going to be mutar. What would they say about umbrellas? Would they would really should say that they should permit umbrellas? And the uh, answer is that really everybody forbids it over here. Everyone. Even the ones that understand the Magen Abraham, that Hupah is mutar even for the sake of protection. Umbrellas, they forbid it. Not because necessarily it's an oil. This is talking about that it's already opened up from before Shabbat. They forbid it for all different reasons. Remember, it's not going to be an oil because really such a thing is not considered an oil on Shabbat. That's its way of usage. It's like a door. It's like a door. A door you open and you close. And even when you have an attic and the door opens up and closes in a way that it makes or, or closes a roof, that's permitted. Same thing would be if a person has, you know those freezers. Most freezers, you know, it's like a fridge. You open it and the door swings from from side to side. But a lot of freezers, especially the old ones, remember the ones you know, the ones that they have in shoes where they put the ice cream or that for some reason these are like in my head as ice cream freezers. There are a lot of freezers where it's a box and opens up where the door opens up up and down. It makes like a roof when you close it and you're opening up, you create an opening when you when you open it. You know those are the freezers I'm talking about, right? Everybody agrees that those are mutar. So the Hazoni says, what's the difference between that and the case of an umbrella, if it's open from beforehand. Just like that one is already made, that's the way, it's one unit, the door is attached to the freezer, and it's made to be open and closed. Same thing would be by an umbrella. So, Hazon Ish, would you permit an umbrella on Shabbat if there's an Aruv? Hazon Ish says, no, it's Asur. Why? For a different reason. It's Av Shamilta, it'll create a lot of ruckus. And also, it's Obdin Dehol, and he says also, Vegorem Pertza. That's the third reason he gives also. It's going to create a big, big uh, problem in the future. People will mishandle this uh, heter, and therefore it should be forbidden. That's the reason the Hazon Ish gives. And even the ones that follow the Hazon Ish's opinion, they also will agree to the same thing. Even the Hatam Sofer also wanted to permit an umbrella. At the end says, however, everybody should stay away from an umbrella. That's a Hazon Ish. However, like we said, a lot of people disagree with this whole understanding. I want to read to you from the Aruch HaShulchan. The Aruch HaShulchan brings down in Siman Shin Aleph. Those who want to look it up, you're not going to find it in Siman Shin Tedvav, Siman Shin Aleph, Ot Kof Yud Gimel. He talks about the umbrellas. He says, Parasal, Shekorim Shiram, or Don't Don't ask me what, uh, what those mean. But basically, it's an umbrella. He says, It's made for protection from the sun or from the rain. It's made for a person to put on top of his head. There's a lot of uh, basically hooks and different types of items that when you open it, it creates like some sort of structure on Shabbat. You're not allowed to carry it over your head, even in an area where there's no issue of carrying in your backyard. Or in your house, the Zehu Ohel Gamur, this is 100% Ohel. And it's made for protection to protect your body or to protect your head. And that's if the umbrella was already open before Shabbat. To open up on Shabbat, that already he says that's like a binyan already. That's already an Isud, the Rabbanam Mamash of making an Ohel. And look what he says over here. It's like, it could be even like an Isur Torah. 
And already he says, the greatest poskim already discussed the umbrellas and they already said it's asur. And those who ever wants to permit umbrella, he calls it pitpule milin. He basically he's disregarding their words. He says it's nonsense, their words. Whoever tries to permit an umbrella on Shabbat, he's testifying about himself that he has no fear of God. He says, the it's a sur to carry an umbrella, even in an area where there's an iruv, not as a humrah, but medin. It's from strictly, halakhically speaking. And then he concludes, he says, look what I wrote also in Shin Tedvav to explain the shita. So the osrim are osir very, very strongly. The few that are matir, it's very, very weak at there. Even the Mishnah Berurah, like we said, who understands the, the Magen Avraham that's permitted to open up and close up a chuppah, will agree that he not will agree. He says straight out, umbrellas are asur. And remember, the Hazon Ish, who is one who permits the, those uh, chuppot, himself, like we, said, like we said before, also forbids it. Almost all the poskim forbid it. Even if you don't want to agree that it's a problem of ohil, even if you want to go dochi taught, still everybody will agree with it's asur. Now I want to conclude with the words of the Hazon Ish over here. The Hazon Ish says, dabar geder Even if you want to argue like, like the Hazon Ish and he say, oh, listen, if it's not asur because of ohil, why why we why are we so mahmir? Okay, Shabbat, maybe people will carry it in the street. But let's say, on Yom Tov, you're allowed to carry it, so why should it be Asur? Says the Hazon Ish. Listen, all these things are given to the rabbis and the leaders of, of, in each generation. That when they see that there's a pirzah, that they see that a certain heter will be taken, you know, will, will basically will cause problems or a certain heter will be taken too far and it will abuse the Kiddushah of Shabbat, that the, the rabbis are given permission each generation to act as they want. He says it's much more stringent than even a regular isur on a person. Because when the rabbis forbid something for everybody, even though technically it might be mutar, it's something to protect the entire nation now and for generations to come. And as a rule, the Ramam tells us, anytime the rabbis forbid something, even if it would be, if, not even, anytime the rabbis forbid something that is technically mutar, but they forbid it because as a protection of halachot, then nobody has permission to come and permit it. When it comes over here to the subject of umbrella, all the poskim forbid it. Some, like we said, like Hamabadia and Aruch Shulhan and the poskim that we bought beforehand, hold that's mamash and ohil, it's 100% forbidden. That's a difference between this and the Chupad that Megid Abraham is talking about. Speaking that Megid Abraham was talking about something that's only for looks. Here you're using it for protection. This is a regular roof. It's not any different from a uh, baseball cap. We mentioned in the past that a baseball cap, everybody agrees on that. Maram brings it down. You're not, aware, you're not allowed to wear a baseball cap where the rim of the baseball cap, the rim of the baseball cap is a tefah or more. Because that, on Shabbat that is, that's because you're making oil. Kalva homi when you pick up an umbrella. And even those that want to say, yeah, but it's like the kisetos kalen, it's like a folding chair, that's its mode of use. They'll even agree that's forbidden. Not only because you're going to come to carry it. Even on Yom Tov, there's no issue of carrying. It's asur because it's, you're opening up basically a Pandora's box. You're going you're gonna to create much more problems. Now, the Benish I mentions over here, and this is the last point, we'll stop with this. Next week, Razat Hashem, I hope that we're going to finish up all these halakhot of Ohel Aray. So this way we could go on to the halakhot of uh, the three weeks. Really, we're going to focus on the, basically on the month of Ab because that's really where the main parts of the halakhot are. In any case, the Ben mentions that the umbrella is mukseh on Shabbat. And this happened the other day. My kids opened up an umbrella and they, it was on the, you know, it's a big umbrella. <laughs> we have those big umbrellas. They opened it before Shabbat and we didn't have a chance to close on Shabbat. If an if you can't open an umbrella, it's also a sort to close an umbrella. Unless, again, you hold like the Hazon Ish, then you could close an umbrella. But, if you, most of the other post scheme that we brought, like Hamabadia and other post scheme, since you can't close an umbrella, you could get a goy to close an umbrella for you. 
because you have matirim and whatever you have matirim and osrim, even though you want to be, you want to follow the opinions of the osrim, you couldn't get a goy. The goy could follow the hazonis, the goy could follow the matirim, and therefore you could ask a goy to close the umbrella for you. If that's not an option, if the goy, you can't find a goy, I remember one time, <laughs> it was a case, something similar, I'll talk about it more next week, but basically it was, um, it was Yom Tov, and I had to close a certain umbrella, and I found a goy, and I asked him, I said, excuse me, could you close it for me? He's like, no, why don't you do it? I said, my Bible doesn't let me. He says, oh, your Bible doesn't let you? I also follow the Bible, I'm not doing it either. I said, no, 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 my Bible doesn't let me, it lets you. He says, no, 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 no. Now, all of a sudden, the guy, the goy became uh, from on me. He wouldn't want to close my umbrella. Okay, fine. But say that in any case, but uh, if you don't have such a goy and he asks such a goy to close the umbrella for you, it will be mutar. If that's not an option, there's no goyim to be found or no goyim that want to close your umbrella because they're also from, then you cannot close it. The question is now, can I move it? Ben brings that it's mukseh. If you hold like the osrim, then it's mukseh. Being that it's mukseh, so you can't handle it in a normal way. What you could do is kick it to the side, move it in bederach shenui, and all the like. And even if the guy doesn't want to uh, close it for you, you could definitely ask him to move it for you. But if you need the space, if you need the area where the umbrella is open, then what you could do is you could actually pick it up yourself without obviously using it as an umbrella, meaning to say as a protection, but just to move it, if you need the space, you're allowed to. Why? The worst that this umbrella is going to be is called the Kalishu Melachto Isur. Right? If because you hold like the Osim, it's used for protection, and we hold that that's going to be Asur, right? So being that Kalishu Melachto Isur, we learned that mutar. if you need the space, you're allowed to move it. So therefore, if I have an umbrella that's open, and take up space that I need to use on Shabbat, or even if I want to use that space, then what I could do is I could pick up the umbrella, not over my head to use as a protection. I could pick it up and remove it and put it on the, not close it. I could put it in the, in the, in the area where it's not going to bother me. This way I could use that space. We've come to the end of the class. It's already the end of the class. But next week we'll come and discuss a lot of practical cases based on the opinions that we learned about today. If anybody has any questions, you could call us in right now to the station. It's a few minutes early. If you call in before we sign out, we, we will take you on the air. The number is 718-683-5858. We have our assistant over here. I'll, uh, he'll answer the phone. He'll bring you on the air. You can call also if you wait a few minutes. We'll, you want to ask us questions off the air. Same number, 718-683-5858. To text in your questions, 347-927-8398. To email us, even if we're not here on any subject, you can email us on hal- to halakhahour at gmail.com. This class by Zatashim will be aired on again tonight at 10 p.m. on jrootradio.com. We want to thank Rav Nisim and Iran and the whole JRoot Radio staff. We appreciate all the wonderful work you do for us and for Klal Israel. We want to thank our audience for listening to us. We'll see you at Hashem next week. Don't forget, this Tuesday coming up is... It's a fast and begins the period of three weeks. No more music. Enjoy your music right now. Of course, kosher music, right? Don't listen to Tel Aviv and whatever. So enjoy your kosher music right now for the next couple of days. We'll see you next week. Was that the same? Hopefully concluding the Halakhot of Al-Harai. Until next week, have a wonderful week and a Shabbat Shalom.